When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hey, coffee drinkers. Are you tired of the same old morning routine? Well, check out the Roaster's Choice subscription from kingscoastcoffee.com. The Roaster's Choice is an ever-changing, fresh new take on coffee. It's a great way to try some of the most diverse and exotic offerings from around the coffee world. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com and shake up the way you wake up. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. That's right. We're already talking about next year. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you. So visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. Guys, welcome in to the first episode of Coffee and Shell, the podcast. I am your host, Cameron Halbert, also known as No Sleeves, joined every single episode by my great co-host, Kesso Paguni. Kesso, how's it going? It is going really good, man. I'm excited to start this off. Hopefully it's a lot of fun and uh, people enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I am as well. I think we've got a lot of fun ideas here. There isn't really uh, an NHL-centric podcast, and two people that are way too obsessed with the game, who better than uh, to provide one? So, guys, today uh, we want to talk, first of all, just you know, talk about what the podcast and ideas that we have for it. Basically, we are going to, you know, go over Hockey Ultimate Team or any other big news that happens in the video game. So NHL 22, but not just that. We're both streamers and content creators, and we're going to talk about that a lot. We're going to have a lot of guests on that talk from all different ranges, whether it be just you know, video gaming in general, or maybe broadcasting, uh, as well as just personalities that we've met over the course of uh, our tenure playing video games. But we're also going to talk a lot about life and things like that. So uh, as this evolves, I hope you guys let us know and give us the feedback on on where to go. But today, uh, you know, where better to start than with our early thoughts on NHL 22 Kesso. So let's kick things off there. I mean, we went through the beta, we've been play- we've been testing the game for about a couple months now. Now, uh, give me your thoughts on it and, and what you think about NHL 21 compared to 20, uh, 20, sorry, 22 compared to 21. Yeah. So I think, um, whenever we started testing this game, I remember texting you and I was like, this is either going to be the best NHL game ever <laughs> or the worst. I'm not sure where, you know, I'm probably wrong on that initial assessment, but, uh, it's essentially just a more realistic version of NHL 21. Um, I think they made a lot of improvements in the game. 
I think there's a lot more realism in the game as well. And uh, a lot of the things like uh, even just passing or like settling for a shot, uh, they added skill based things to uh, things that were just more automatic in years past. So I have high hopes for this game um, and I think it'll be really good. No, I I couldn't agree more. It's funny with the initial reaction just on Twitter and Reddit and everywhere like that. You either really after the beta was uh, was obviously the the playtest happened. You either loved it or hated it. I don't remember a launch, especially since I've been a game changer. So I think that's like this will be my my fourth game, I think, being a game changer. Um, I don't remember the player base being so like polarized in their thoughts. Like it's either they love it or they hate it. There's no real like, okay, this isn't bad uh, or it's, you know, it's, it's not that much better kind of thing. It's very, very interesting. And I think that's what happens anytime you see a drastic change. So no matter what, I know the memes are, this is just NHL 15.8 or whatever. Uh, I really couldn't disagree more with that. I think that this is by far the biggest different or sorry the the biggest differences in a year-to-year launch in quite some time and uh i think that yeah you're either gonna adjust well to it or and uh you're gonna love it or you're not going to and you're gonna hate it so uh, i definitely agree with you on that on your your initial assessment because yeah i think that's much a lot of the player base um you know thought as well i think the one thing i want to touch on real quick is just yeah so you mentioned that some of the changes more simulation style uh when when we've gotten to play as well do you enjoy you know the the passing now that because that there's definitely a skill gap to passing it's no longer hit r2 and or rt and just uh, assume that it's going to the right spot yeah i actually like it a lot um i think uh in years past there wasn't really much of an impact on having like a good four check right so like no matter what if i have two guys on somebody uh somebody's gonna be able to just fire a blind pass across the ice and it'll always connect uh now you have to have the puck settled or be in a good position and if not you could have like an errant pass you can have a turnover so you have something that you know, passes happen, what, 80 to 100 times a game? You Mm -hmm. have something that's skill-based impacting uh, each second of the game rather than something that's automatic. So I like that change a lot, um, and I think it was much needed. I, I agree. I think uh, like an example that comes to mind whenever I've played it so far is that let's say you're you're taking a player uh, across a left-handed player across the right side of the ice, and you know you're holding on your backhand, and you do that like behind the back pass uh, to the other winger on the opposite side that you just came from, and that's how you enter the zone. It's really hard to hit that pass accurately without sending it way back into your defensive zone. So no longer can you do those like backhand weird passes that you would never see in the real NHL. So I think there'll definitely be some adjustments when it comes to 22 especially early on um which leads me to my next thing uh you're someone who's one of the best in terms of the mechanics of the game uh, it's something that you really focus on every year and talk to me a little bit about what you think the meta might be especially early on in nhl 22 once everyone gets their hands on the full game and you think that that it settles in early on what do you think that the biggest changes in terms of the meta is in specifically to 1v1 uh, in 22 I think with what we just touched on with the passing just being a little bit more difficult and also the added animations and maybe bump in the protect puck button, I think we're going to see some people uh, not passing as much, just like either circling in the corner a little bit with one player, like if they have Crosby and his puck control is insane, right? Um, Instead of risking a turnover, I think we'll see like that regs type of style where um, they're not going to risk that turnover. They'll circle in the corner, maybe wait until something opens up or go in the other direction where the junior pen style, where you just fire shots on net um, and you're not really looking for a pretty goal. You're just hoping to get one through. Um, I think it's really difficult. Like as I've tested the game and stuff, um, 
it's really difficult to string together three or four passes in a row that lead to a goal just because not only is the passing more difficult, but we see uh, increased defensive interceptions. And then with the X factors added in, somebody like Hedman, if he's on the ice, nothing's really going to get through. No, I agree. And I think um, I think you'll see a lot on the breakout specifically. People aren't really going to try a lot of passes, in my opinion, out of the zone. I think you're going to see a lot of people carrying the puck early on because they're just you're not used to missing passes and things like that. And especially in terms of hockey ultimate team, when you with the launch of the game, it, it's not versus ranking like versus ratings like you're they're They're dropped down quite a bit to deal with the progression of the game. So passing is going to be a much lower than what you would play in one V one in versus especially early on i think that is definitely going to be something that to, to watch for um when they actually carry carry the puck out of the zone and i think that i think i i agree as well i think point shots are going to be interesting too i think that you're going to see a lot of those the problem is that in hockey ultimate team specifically defensemen usually get hit hard when it comes to shooting attributes because they work on a that 99 overall system so to get them up to a certain overall you've got to lower other things and whatnot and i think that shooting is usually what gets hit hit hard from defensemen so it'll be interesting to see uh from that aspect because i agree i think that the days of just forcing a pass through the middle thankfully are coming to an end like i especially with 21 um the, the ability to just fire it through and unless you had someone with the actual perfect stick placement that pass was getting through and yeah, i think exactly. with the Exactly. And I think the removal of the auto saucer now in in 22 and, you know, intercepts being absolutely dialed in that you're not going to see a lot of passes just through the middle. It's going to lead to a lot of frustrating things. And what's what I'm more curious about is to see if maybe overload makes uh, makes its comeback after behind the net was just the dominant strategy for the last like three games, whereas overload was, you know, for the prior 10 years, but overload was pretty much the, the, the main strategy set, even though we've had the same three for like 20, but that's a whole other topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I wonder, I'm wondering if you, there's not really as much need to just clog the slot now because people aren't going to be able to get passes through. So that'll be definitely something to, to watch for early on. I think that'll definitely be uh, something, something to, to watch out for. I mean, uh, the, 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 I mean, X factors are definitely going to play a big role in it. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely, we'll touch on X factors in just a little bit, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if the defender X factors specifically are the meta early on, because I could see them being really, really impactful. Uh, would you agree on that? Yeah. Like I said, with, um, with Hedman, whenever I was doing just some like uh, play now games and stuff, uh, whenever he was on the ice, not only does he take up half the ice, right. But uh, yeah. He, he picks off everything. He gets a stick on everything. And it's like, you know, you notice him out on the ice every single time compared to like, I don't know who their third pairing defenseman is, but like those cross creases sometimes get through on that second or third pairing defenseman. But whenever somebody like Hedman's out there, uh, you notice him every time. Um, I, I think people, it, like you said, it'll be weird to see, are people going to favor the offensive X factors or the defensive ones, right? Just because if you have the defensive ones out there, I think it'll be low scoring. I don't think you'll be able to get anything through. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to see what people choose to use. I agree. And we don't really have full details on if there's going to be a limit to them. I mean, we might find that out in the next little while, or if you can just have a full team of them, I would be pretty surprised if that were the case. But if it's only a few, there is a lot of offensive ones. And again, we'll touch on that a little bit in, in the episode in just terms of offensive ones that don't aren't really all that useful. And they're extremely situational. The defensive ones so far definitely seem like they um, are advantageous to pretty much any time in the defensive zone. So 
I'm definitely curious to see, especially when it comes to the meta and hockey ultimate team, uh, how that's going to play out. Did you find that, you know, bumps i didn't really find all that brutal as it was to other games and i'm wondering if that is because of the new stick layer physics where the stick is now completely separate from the player where like pochecks and whatnot felt really good because if you didn't hit if you hit someone's shin pad or something like that it didn't just go through the player now it bounces off the shin pad for example and i when i played a couple games uh, i i actually noticed that you know stick checking took some skill and it didn't just give me those you know automatic penalties or anything like that when you were out of position but it definitely allowed to protect the puck a lot easier did you notice that puck protection was easier or, or pretty much the same in 21 so uh, a couple things, because uh, you touched on a couple things there. First off, how yeah. long have people been requesting the the actual stick physics in the game, right? So that's oh, a, yeah. that's an amazing thing to finally add, because I know underrated. Just, I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? I don't think people were are realize how big of a change that is. I, I don't think people realize how many changes they've put into the game uh, this year that have been like requested, you know, for years. And it's like a lot of small things, but uh, mm-hmm. to me, it seems like they really worked on the gameplay uh, this year. So um, I actually felt the opposite way that what you just said about the bumps. Um, okay. And it's hard to say without getting into competitive games, right? Just because yeah. I'm playing against either somebody in the program or I'm playing against a computer. Yeah. It seemed bumps were a bit of maybe too effective, at least compared okay. to playing on uh, prior gen NHL 21 on PlayStation. Um, I thought they were maybe tuned a bit too high. But one thing I noticed is whenever I started using the protect puck button a little yeah. bit more... I was able to shield off some of those. That was what I was about to say. Focusing on holding X or A, depending on the call you're on. I noticed that that really worked well when you were going around or making a turn and while holding that protect puck, you really could not get the player off of it unless you took like an inside position on him. Yeah, exactly. And then if you have somebody like Crosby with, uh, you know, one of the added bonuses, if he gets, if he's lucky enough to get one of the like superstar attributes or whatever, yeah. or X factors, um, it's going to be tough to get the puck off somebody like that. Um, I agree. So I think I that's agree. something that you almost have to mix in now um, because I don't think, I think even last year, I didn't really use the protect puck button that much unless it was for, you know, using the L2, right? So now I have to retrain myself. I have to remember to use that because most of the time it was always protecting the puck with the right stick or position. Holding the back end. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not as effective anymore. Yeah. And I think one thing that, I didn't really get a chance to test it out too much, but I wonder about the reverse hits and if there is like a skill gap in that or if you'll be able to pull those off a lot in protecting the puck. I agree. I think that there will definitely, because it doesn't activate automatically. Like if you skate down the ice and you're holding X or A, it doesn't activate and make the motion of, you know, the one hand hold the puck out away from you until you're into a turn. So there definitely is uh, a skill to it because it doesn't just activate automatically, which I enjoy. Like you actually have to skate into it. And I think that that's definitely going to lead um, to some interesting dynamics, uh, especially when the player base is trying to, you know, relearn things. Cause yeah, just holding the back end now it's, you do not get the same bonuses that you get now when you protect the puck because of that new stick physics. And uh, I think that's going to definitely be impactful in the game for sure. Yeah. And then you don't get the protect puck bon- or, bonus there and your passes are just going to be a lot worse so yeah people really have to, yeah people have to like throw away the last six years of muscle memory right yep I, I, I again and i think that you know there was no patches last year which 
obviously pretty tough. I mean, to be honest, I, I think that we might be in the minority. I know everyone loves to hate on EA. And, you know, for the most part, it's well-deserved. But I didn't mind the gameplay in other than the the just insane ability to force a pass-through. Um, and unfortunately, that did impact the game quite a bit. But I actually didn't mind it all that much. What about you? Did you just to get everyone on the same page here? <laughs> I mean, you know, I was pretty good at the game, so I liked it a lot. But uh, no, <laughs> I really how it goes. Eh? I really liked the game. I even even the forces. Yeah, they were definitely too effective. But if you put yourself in position and did a couple things that you probably shouldn't have had to do, um, you were able to stop them. You could block it with the LB or L one. Um, you could tie, which not a lot of people didn't use was the stick tie up button, like holding never. In a or they X never button. use it. That's all I did. Um, get close to somebody, just tie up somebody's stick, and and it wouldn't get through. Um, So I didn't mind the forces. I know a lot of people complained about them. And the only other, like, big negative, I think, in 21 was the over-effective defensive skill stick, just wiggling the stick and knocking the puck loose or interfering with somebody. And I think if you take away those two things, 21 is a great game. I think it already is, but I, I think it was a great game. Yeah, I think that's I think like the face off play, there was little plays that they didn't fix throughout the year, which I think are kind of staying a lot of people's minds. Like, I mean, like the wraparound, like the the wrist shot up top from the low face off dot, those kinds of things. Um, those worked every single time. So they, I they do fixed. have exciting news, I think, for that then. Uh, I'll lay know, it during, on. during the testing, I was able to send Ben Ross uh, over. I, I don't know how <laughs> many goals there were. There were some that transferred over from 21. And then there was a couple new ones. And then in doing that testing, we were also looking at um, just how some of the X factors impact some of the shooting. Okay. So I, I have been trying for the past, I want to say, three to four weeks. There is, I don't have a glitch goal in, in NHL 22. I really don't. That's like, scary. And, That's and I know, scary. Right? I'm not saying there isn't one, but um, this is the first game that I've seen where you know, after a bit of testing, like I don't, I don't see a glitch goal. Not like I said, not saying there isn't one. Maybe somebody else will find one. I know young Gren's going to be in Gren's in, in the, the lab, lab probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly for for twenty hours the first day. But <laughs> I, th- I don't see any. That's a great change in my opinion. Um, but let's uh, let's discuss. You know, EA released the full fifty player list for the x factors at launch of the game they did mention uh that throughout the year it's not just going to be these 50 so if someone earns it or you know master sets we don't have any knowledge of that but it it, these aren't going to be just the only 50 but we did get the launch ones and you know you guys can go through it's obviously on the website or i've made a full video there's lots of uh, ways to go out and find the the full list of x factors so we won't go cover all of them here uh on the podcast but let's talk about um our favorites the ones that we think won't matter and just our overall thoughts on the players selected so you go first give me give me the few that you think will be extremely effective and the ones you're going to chase early on so i'm going to skip the one i know which one you're going to go after so i'll let you have that one perfect um i really think as we you know as we talked earlier about the passing i really like some of the passing x factors like that third eye one um with the increased field of vision um, on the passes and then also i think you get auto sauce on some passes yeah um you know as i was doing some of the testing you notice if you have like a uh you know just a third liner out there and you try to do a behind the back pass or something or a blind pass it will probably miss but uh, that's what you know, i was it, about to say yeah, i think that yeah, yeah that you, one yeah if you use dry saddle um that pass has a higher way higher chance of connecting um so i think to string together some of those nice passing plays especially if you use behind the net um, you're probably going to want to have some passing X factors on your team. 
Um, that and I and I think the shooting ones are great. Um, like the make it snappy, uh, the so snipe one. I want to talk about make it snappy real quick because when I first saw that announced, I'm like, oh my god, they gave the flick up, you know, people uh, a god tier X factor. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know if you tested it. So in the beta, when we when we got the ESHL beta as well, I did it. I did it basically. That was all I used was make it snappy. It's harder than you think to just fire a snapshot. Because you basically have to, you, you, you're you not using um, a wrist shot at all. And I think a lot of people think that's what it's going to be. Like, you know, uh, the, the thing that was really tough was to train your mind to just shoot up and not aim, like aim a wrist shot real quick first and then shoot. It's awfully awkward. So I'm, I'm curious on that one. And I really could not score um, a super effective one early on, but I just want to mention that because I, I, I thought for sure that was going to be like the overpowered one, but so far I didn't notice it to be, um, you know, the God tier one that I thought that it was going to be, but did you, did you try that one by any chance? Yeah. So actually when, whenever we got the first build, I forget how long ago it was. Yeah. Those were some of the ones I was really testing. Cause I was thinking like, if there's a, you know, if there's like a glitch goal in the game or something. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be related to that. Mm-hmm. So, I remember one of the early builds uh, you could score from like the, the corner of the offensive zone every time with make it snappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fixed, thankfully. Uh, but I just think that with, with the way that shooting is penalized, depending on, you know, is, is the puck settled and stuff. I think in some of those tight spots, uh, especially in the, in the slot um, it's effective. Uh, I'm, I don't spend enough time in D3. I don't know how people do it where they just flick up. So I think that's another thing where you have to retrain yourself and, and yeah. learn to flick up in certain situations. I just think some of those, some of those things that decrease some of the, the error rates and penalties that you have in the game um, help out a lot. No, absolutely. Now, the one thing we should mention is that McDavid and and Brayden Point, they both have the wheels zone ability. That is, We can both agree that is the one that everyone is going to chase early on. That allows you to be able to maneuver and with the puck and not lose any speed or acceleration or agility at top speed. That's obviously the most overpowered one, correct, like early on? Yeah, yeah. And, and if people aren't aware, um, in the past games, I don't know how long it's it's been, um, Whenever you skated with the puck at top speed, there was a 3%. I think it was 3% penalty to your top speed. Yeah. So even if McDavid was a 99 speed, he would have 96 speed with the puck. Yeah. Um, so now, no matter what, he's going to have 99 speed with the puck. I, <laughs> I, I played a game like a week or two ago, and I had it like, I think, in my own zone. Uh, I was skating to my own blue line with McDavid. The, fe- the uh, other team's defense was like at their blue line. I blew right past them. Yeah. Um, and I was able to get a goal. So... Yeah, that's definitely the the most impactful one right now. Okay, that those ones are going to be like without a doubt the most expensive uh, and and hardest to acquire. But obviously, they are going to offer the biggest benefit because in NHL twenty one, defensemen finally got a penalty to turning around when they make that turn. They get a heavy skating, uh, a heavy skating uh, decrease, and that that's why the straight line meadow was kind of born in in NHL 21 where you're able to just burn down the wing because it took a while for players to actually get used to that. But outside of wheels, the ones that I, I really um, I I'm really excited for is I, we, we talked about a little bit earlier is the defensive ones like quick pick uh, for <clears throat> For Seth Jones, the ability to intercept passes is turned way up, so his defensive awareness goes through the roof. Uh, and while you know intercepts are turned up as a whole, I think just having 
your first pairing defenseman is probably going to be on the ice more than any other player so i think that that has the chance to be the most impactful uh those ones specifically quick pick because i I think that that one is just going to be uh really really gross and um onze kopitar as a forward also has it uh he's a centerman so that's also important because his job is you know basically defend the slot so uh, again i think those two are going to be maybe overlooked could you imagine the skill zone with Kopitar and Hedman out there, whoever just just sit Kopitar no, be, in front of the net. You'd, you'd never allow a goal. That would be that would be awfully brutal. I'm not going to lie. I guess if you have those two sitting there, but again, those that's a that that changes the way that you play. I mean, if we go into a game and you see those two, or like Anze Kopitar and and and, and Seth Jones in the middle, you know that you're not going to get a pass through. So it makes it forces you to change the game, which I think is something that we've needed because now there's a meta inside the meta of, you know, depending on the other team, which I think is probably the goal of adding X factors in. Uh, but yeah, outside of outside of those, uh, you know, those ones, quick pick, uh, specifically the the stick them up one that Victor Hedman has as well as Sean Couture really boosts uh, stick checking. And if you don't know how, um, you know, pochecks work in NHL, when you hit R1, the stick check stat basically determines how fast and how accurate it attacks the puck. And, uh, you know, Victor Hedman and Sean Couturier with that stick him up sin- or um, X factor, um, obviously going to send that through the roof, which, you know, again, on both of those guys, they're huge. Um, so I think that those ones, again, those are ones that you're going to see the situation where that's needed more often than some of the, you know, lesser ones that we'll talk about now. So um, let's actually let's let's talk about goalies real quick. You know, we've got four goaltenders um, that have four different X factors or zone abilities. Um, why don't why don't we discuss just those quickly if it's going to matter, if it's worth it and and what your thoughts on it early on? Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't think they're going to be worth it, but I could be completely wrong. Um, I, I think I saw, like, in you know, during our testing, maybe one save from Vasilevsky that I saw, you know, the X Factor sign light up, and it was like an amazing save. But other than that, I don't remember seeing a lot of them. Um, so, like, looking at him and then going to, uh, isn't there one where it's like 15 saves or something? Yeah, dialed in. The one thing I do want to mention, I think that this drastically changes if there is a limit on zone abilities and x factors because if there is it's going to be awfully tough to burn one on your goaltender so in my opinion if there is if there is a limit or it's a very small limit i i honestly i'm with you i don't think there's going to be any that are super worth it um but yeah the dialed in one hellebuck has it after 15 saves in game this ability activates and heavily boosts goalie reaction time recovery and save ability for the rest of the game i talked about this in a, in my video about all the x factors being released I think in the lower divisions, this could have a place, but how often when you're playing a top end player or division one or two, let's say, do you see 15 shots in a game unless you're getting pumped or you're doing it as well, right? Like it just, you don't see that many shots. It never happens. I mean, I was somebody that took a lot of shots last year and I think, mm-hmm. you know, on the high end, maybe I'd get 15 to 20 shots on that, right? So yeah. that's not even shots, that's 15 saves. So if I yeah. have a few goals, it's not even activated yet. In a 12-minute game, what is it, four minutes a period, right? So in a 12-minute game, it's just I don't see this getting activated Division three and above. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I was yeah, saying. I like you just thing. said, I just I, I don't I don't really care for this one just because how often is that going to get activated? Maybe, maybe for offline players, you know, maybe that's something that, that they would enjoy. But That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah, offline players, that could definitely add, add some impact in it. The one I think that has a chance 
to be the meta if again if if there isn't a limit or if it's worth it is post to post so carry price has one does it make elite post to post saves that most goaltenders can only dream of doing get an impressive boost to reaction time recovery and save ability when going post to post that reads to me as this will stop one timers so yeah or cross crease right yeah so that's that's what it reads to me but we know i mean at least we can make assumptions that some of those forces you know, maybe at least half are going to go away in this game. So yep. it's not if this if he had this in NHL 21 and that was a thing, this would probably be really good. I agree. Um, so if there is a limit, I don't think and this is the best one, right? I don't think this would even be worth using. I, I agree. I think that it's going to be tough. I think out of the four, the other one is all or nothing. Marc-Andre Fleury has it. It only helps with po-checks. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've actually seen an auto po-check in the game. So um, that one is completely useless in my opinion. But post to post out of the four look to be um, looks to be the early leader of, of goaltender ones. And again, the goaltender ones only at only worth getting if if there isn't a limit or if the limit is very, very high. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about ones that you think are overrated or you know won't be impactful at all give me a few that you just don't think will will matter the one that i really didn't like was that uh heat seeker which was the increase i think it was increased power on wrist shots from and snapshots from the, and snapshots yeah. yeah so when i i went into into practice mode with all of them and that one really only gets activated close to the point and i think how often are you taking a wrist shot from the point Mm-hmm. Um, instead of going for like a one time or a slap shot, it's just not that often. And then if you are, it's even with the increased power, it's not, it's not going to go in. Um, maybe, maybe this will have a place in, in club if, if deflections are high and maybe a forward yeah. has like big tipper or something. But yeah. in 1v1, I don't really see that having much of a use. I, I um, agree. I think, I think I, I'm, I'm, I, I echo that as well. Yeah, I, th- I think most of these, like, I-, I think most of them are pretty impactful. Um, the the one with the increased deking, uh, maybe it's puck on a string. Uh, yeah, it I'm sounds good at one. the start. Yeah, I-, I I don't think it's that impactful. Um, I think Patrick Kane has it as his own ability. Yeah. Um, and then, and also, how often are you really, and at least in the high competitive games, how often are you doing like loose puck deeks or whatever? you know going yeah it's just it's not very exactly it's not very common on that and again it's one specific player with the puck you got to think that when it's not like mlb where that player is going to get up guaranteed you know four times in a, in a game um i think that you know in nhl you're, you're just it's very difficult for situational ones the one thing else the one i'm thinking of is gabriel Landeskog with crease crasher um that allows him a really high offensive awareness boost in tight on a rebound i i don't know how like unless you're playing for that and again that might be one of the benefits of x factors you have gabriel landiscog and he's got that ability maybe you fire it low off the pads but like again i don't think that one's going to be uh super viable either i don't think that one is either and i i did look at that one a bit like trying to see um you know whether there is like a loose puck or like maybe the rebound isn't clean yeah and i didn't see much of a a difference in that because i do think uh rebounds are pretty impactful in nhl 22 uh, they seem a bit better than 21. Um, so I was thinking maybe that one's really good. And whenever I tested it out, um, nothing really stood out to me. Uh, yeah. Not to say that it's not there. You know, if, if you set up your team around this and yeah. maybe you have Heat Seeker uh, from the point, yeah. And I, I think it's also important to remember that, like, like you said, some of these, um, 
we're we're only making guesses on these right now, but yeah. uh, some of these really they, they might be good. Uh, so if, if you have like a power play set up and you have like umbrella or something and you have yeah. Landis Gog on the side and you have Heat Seeker at the point, maybe that's a play that's like set up and it works a lot. I'm not sure. I think it'll be fun to see what people come up with and what people use on their team. The uh, the all alone that Alexander Barkov has to me that one's probably oh, yeah. one of the most pointless because he's not I even totally fast. Totally forgot about that one. Yeah, totally forgot about. Well, breakaways you score every time anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're automatic. So, like you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't matter who you use. Like just do the triple deke and then it goes in. So it I, I, it's cool that they gave that to him. Yeah. Um. Even even the ones we said that aren't good, like the goalie ones and stuff, like yeah. they make sense. They they tie back to the player in real life, but yeah, some of them just you know in the meta of the game or in competitive games aren't going to have much of an impact my my early take and something that i'm probably going to focus on is trying to get ryan o'reilly on my third or fourth line or maybe my second line depending on how high rated his card is but his quick draw ability which basically allows him to win any tie up in the defensive zone is super valuable especially like on the penalty kill um so that's one i think will i just i wish patrice bergeron got it he got the yoink one which if impact stick lifts and i'm not someone who uses stick lifts a lot i might now because of how you know the new game plays but uh, that quick draw ability that ryan o'reilly has i think is gonna be really important yeah do you think that one's a bit too overpowered a little bit like because i that impacts like if you have him that means you have to do the counter to whatever they're doing because if you tie up so your your odds are basically 33 percent. like you you've basically lost it's not even anymore because a tie-up automatically goes to the ryan o'reilly card which is why i think you're going to see a lot of him uh early on in the game when face-off stat does matter you know as the game goes along face-off stat matters less and less because everyone gets boosted but if he has this card and it shoots up to 99 and he basically allows him to win every tie up that that is a huge advantage um, in your own zone. But uh, yeah, I think I just that's kind of my guess on that one. I think you're going to see a lot of people use that one. Yeah, I know. I'll definitely have him on my team. You know, if they're, you know, depending on what the limit is or how much things are weighed, if there is that um, he's somebody I would definitely have, you know, that third line number one PK unit. You know, exactly. You're going to have him out there for sure. All right, man. Well, uh, I had a blast talking hut today. Again, guys, this is the first episode of Coffee and Shell. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Uh, make sure follow me and Kesso on tw- uh, on Twitter. My apologies. Uh, I'm at No Sleeves Gaming. He's at Kesso underscore Paguni. And uh, yeah, again, guys, this is not just going to be all about you know hockey ultimate team or nhl in general we're going to talk a lot about life and just you know stories and things that we find interesting going on so let us know uh in the comments and and let us know on twitter or in our streams as well uh what you guys think and what you guys would like to see in terms of guests and stuff like that we have a lot of things planned but this is uh you know us just trying to figure it out early on so any any last thoughts castle hey it was fun it was a good dry uh dry run um hopefully uh we can get some fun guests on here some interesting people Hopefully it's not all chell. I know that I know we're both losers and uh, we play this game way too much. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it'll be fun. Uh, no, oh, one agree. thing that one thing I did want to add. Sorry, I know you're yep. closing out. No, go ahead. Uh, and we didn't talk about it. The backhand one on Crosby, the X Factor. OK, OK. Is actually, it's actually really good. Um, my, my only concern is that he'll be the only one that has it all year. So the Maybe. only way to use it, like unless they put in a, a Datsuk or something that's um, one of my scarier thoughts of x factors is if there's one that's overpowered like that only one player then you're going to get into that habit of seeing the same player on every team yeah 
no i agree that is something that we'll definitely uh be on the lookout for but yeah man thank you again uh it's been a blast and uh we'll be back for episode two of coffee and shell guys thank you for listening have a good one all right have a good one For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.